This is Classic Business. Breakfast with MoneyWeb. Arabile Gumede and Nastasia Aronsa on Classic 1027. Seven minutes after seven, uh, to talk more in depth on the markets, we're joined in studio by Greg Davies, who's the Head of Wealth at Creators Capital. Greg, thank you so much for your time. Your assessment of Friday's activity, were you expecting, firstly, I think it's quite positive that we had tweets early hours of this morning from Donald Trump signaling what we all wanted to happen, that they are going to extend that deadline on March 1st. But taking that into consideration and a little bit of Friday's activity, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, that's big, uh, that's big news for the markets. And I think the markets will, will probably climb on that news. Friday was a sort of subdued session. The volume, 18.4 billion. As you were saying in the intro, the market, 55,990. So off the midweek high, which is mid-56s. But... Um, a couple of interesting stories coming out of uh, out of Friday's trade. Uh, Tonga Tulit giving giving a trading update, which was pretty poor, and the market uh, knocking that share back. Even even the last hour of trade on on a Friday down twenty percent. It's going to be interesting to see how how it trades this morning. They've got a lot of issues. I mean, it's the you know sugar prices, it's various other things, also the sugar tax as well. Is there anything in this company's control at this point? Yeah, and what they try to sort of re- reinvent themselves as a property company because they obviously own vast tracts of land for you know for many many years plant- planting sugar cane, especially north of a Mishlanga kind of area. But suddenly the demand for for, for land has been a lot less, and uh, I think that that's where they've been hurt. So uh, a comment I saw out of uh, Wayne McCurry from uh, F&B Wealth and Investment, and he's of the view that Tonga could have done something to prepare the market before releasing that trading update you know a, a way in which you can prime, prime the market so that it doesn't come back as a shock uh, do you share the same sentiments well yeah well, i mean that's the really points of having a trading update so that when the full results come out they're not such a big shock but i think what he's saying is they must have been aware some time back uh, how bad things were and the, and the theory is well the rules are as soon as you become aware that your earnings are going to be more or less than 20 percent from the previous that you have to alert the market so i think what he's saying is they're a little bit slow to do it also on a friday afternoon that sounds ridiculous but they think all the brokers are at the pub no one will notice <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, so you have EAH, uh, which came out of news. So they're in a race to restructure their IT business. Uh, been in the headlines for, I think, a year or so, and it just doesn't seem to get better. Yeah, we could do a whole hour just on EAH and its, its various problems. Um, it almost seems to be on a weekly basis and, and a new story breaks. But um, they've got a new a CEO, that's Stephen Van Koller, and I think He's got got the reins firmly in, in hand, and uh, I think he'll start to turn it around. One or two more issues um, that need to be resolved, but let's hopefully they can have a better week. The share price sort of worst of this week was down to 12 Rand. I think by the end of trade on Friday, it's back to 17. But keep in mind, sort of three years ago, it was 170 Rand a share. This morning, you have uh, Fortress saying that they're ready to let go of their stake in Resilient. So the reason why this story actually caught my attention outside of what Resilient has been going through over the past uh, year or so is that Fortress appointed PwC to do a thorough investigation into its affairs. So the preliminary report is expected at the end of February. I feel like PwC is owing me a lot of things. The Fortress, uh, the Resilient report, of course, my long-awaited Steinoff report. Yeah, that seems to be the one audit firm that's got its reputation very much intact, and there seem to be 
the go-to team in any of these things because if I think if PwC gives you a clean bill of health, then the markets will put big credibility on that. So they, they must be working day and night, especially on on that Steinhoff story. Uh, interesting that Fortress is trying to sort of separate itself from Resilient. Uh, Resilient also sort of um, there's some question marks about some trades that they've done over the last 18 months. I think there is an investigation by the FSCA here locally. So perhaps trying to put some distance between themselves and resilience. This week, um, this is what most, you know, if you read a lot of uh, media headlines, business news headlines, you'll often see this uh, word play that'll say there is a slew of company results and journalists love that. And this week is, is no different. There's Mondi, there's AB InBev, BAT, ShopRite, Sasol, Implats, the one you quite like a little bit, uh, Grindrod, Santum, and a whole host of others. And they just go on. Which one of these are you going to be keeping an eye on? Well, if I just go to, I do, I do remember when I first started on the show, I was a big fan of Impala and you thought I'd uh, <laughs> fallen in love with the stock, but it's actually gone from around 17 Rand up to about 52 Rand. And so that, that it's returned the love which I've given it, which, I'm, which was quite pleasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I'm really looking forward to this week on Thursday is British American Tobacco. You know, the stock's been battered down. I mean, the all-time high there was around about 960. It got smashed all the way down to 420. It's recovered to about 520 now. But the market will be holding its breath to make sure to see that they can continue paying big dividends. And so it's been a stock that's been in favor with the market because it can spin off big dividends all the time. So we'll be waiting to see if they can continue that process. Over the weekend, and because I follow you uh, on Twitter, you were following Warren Buffett's shareholder letter that came out, I think, on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Did you go through that? I had a good good look at it. And I mean, it's general themes are there. And I think what he's trying to tell the market is he's got he's sitting on a massive cash pile. Uh, He he would normally be making acquisitions, but he's in everything that he looks at. uh, The share prices are too high. So maybe he's busy telling the market some of the blue chip counters share prices are are too high and he's going to sit on the cash and wait for opportunities. But an amazing person. I mean, well into his I think he's 92 and um, to still be putting out those letters and yeah. I mean a brilliant probably we'll never see the life the likes of that in our lifetimes again uh, him and Charlie Munger so here's a question for you um, what does Marcus Huster and a guy by the name of Jeffrey Skilling have in common um, I think Skilling if I remember correctly he was an advisor to Buffett Huster obviously is famous for his Steinhoff connections Kind of, you almost had it there. Uh, so uh, Skilling used to be the former CEO of Enron. That's right. And uh, he was released from federal custody over the weekend after serving more than 12 years in prison for his role in, uh, I suppose, what was probably the biggest scandals in American history. Yes, quite right. So there is a good connection there because, um, I mean, Steinhoff is, you know, is, is South Africa's Enron, really, where it's all down to accounting scandals, really. Uh, so far, Mr. Eustace managed to avoid being even contacted by the authorities. I, I don't know how. Has been spotted at some nice restaurants in Stellenbosch, but uh, no sign of any police around it. <laughs> right. Well, we still have uh, Greg Davis with us uh, from Kratos Capital.